What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode 102.4, and we are continuing our playthrough of Lost Odyssey. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah, more more Lost Odyssey here. Um, yeah, we're chugging along, chugging through it. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I, I, I apparently chugged a little too hard uh, the past two days because <laughs> I have actually surpassed Matt. Um, not by much, but uh, th- there is a lot of stuff to cover in the stuff that I played through that Matt has not. So we are going to save that. Um, but uh, yeah, last we left off, we had gotten Sarah, went through the cave, black cave, and entered into uh, Saman. Then took a ship to the experimental staff, which was where we left. And the experimental staff is actually quite a dungeon. Yep. Yeah, a lot of those little like back and forths and mini puzzles. Yeah, that's um that took me a, a good little while to get through. Yeah. Um, the the big thing to know here is that while we are running through this area, uh, we see that uh, Gongora is here. He's back. Yep. Finally. And he is kind of going about his routine with this experimental staff, which is obviously some type of a clone of the Grand Staff. This giant... A clone or a, a precursor? Did, did you get a sense of how they relate to each other? I... Uh, no. I just thought is he just had, another one? Or I, is it, I thought I mean, it was just another one that he was making. Yeah, okay. Uh, I could be wrong. Um... But, uh, yeah, he's here, uh, and going through this dungeon, the, this is, this, this dungeon reminded me of the, I really hate random battles. <laughs> Especially when there's, the more backtracking there is, the more I hate random battles. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that when I try to grind in this game, I will run around for five minutes without getting into a battle. But the minute I actually want to progress through this dungeon, I every five steps. Yep. I assume that's a, I'm going to call it a feature, which is like there's probably a certain rate of encounters before you hit the level cap, and then there's a certain rate of encounters after. Right. And after is when I want to do all my leveling because I want to sub in my weaker characters because I can compensate for their weakness with my fewer, stronger characters. But that's exactly when the rate's gone down, and, and yeah, you're right, it makes it hard to grind in this game yeah not not just pointless which is what i thought it was going to be based on the level capping but it's actually hard to grind yeah but uh yeah going through this area uh we climb to the top of the uh experimental staff and we get to confront gangora um so there were things that were said in this cutscene that made no sense to me because i had not read <laughs> Seth's uh, second dream yet. Going back and reading Seth's second dream, 
it makes a little bit more sense. So I think we should at least first start with talking about Seth's second dream slash memory, which is she was married to... I still don't know what this person was. Yeah. Was it a bird man? <laughs> was it a, like oh, an a angel winged man? man? A winged sure. man? Well, the reason yeah. why is because they say that he had Sed's arm in his mouth. Yep. And literally says, sole survivor of the winged clan. The winged clan. And I'm just thinking... Am I thinking of like an anthropomorphic eagle standing there? Like, I, I'm just because I'm like... That's a lot funnier than what I was picturing. What were you picturing? I I don't know. I guess like an angel. An angel? Like a, yeah. Yeah, basically. That, that just so happened to have a, a human arm hanging in its mouth? Yeah, something like a trogdor. Okay. Like a mixed bread with an angel. I don't know. I was I was thinking of so this is this is really dumb, but I'm bringing it up anyway. Uh, have you ever heard of a television show called Danger Five? Danger Five? No, you got a lot of these blasts from the past shows that I am not aware of. Okay, so Danger Five is actually not a blast from the past; it's a recent show, but it's making oh, yeah. it's making fun of shows from the '60s, and then in the second season, making fun of shows and stuff from the '80s. Well, Danger 5 is about a group of, of, I don't know, military heroes. And they are led by a, a man with an eagle head. The eagle head looks like a mascot head that its mouth just opens and closes when he talks. It's dumb. This, this, this show is completely dumb. I thought it was hilarious. And I still think it's hilarious as a comedy. Um... And it's very like mature, like very bloody and, and and very graphic, but it's just ridiculous. That sounds awesome. It's 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 ridiculous. Second season is crazy. On a mission to kill Adolf Hitler. It's that's all they're ever trying to do is kill Hitler. <laughs> Hitler apparently can time travel now. And the first season is amazing because every time they corner Hitler, in every episode they corner Hitler, and it's the exact same scene. He runs and jumps through a window. It doesn't matter where they're at. They could be in a warehouse. They could be in a house. They could be in an airport. It's, that, it's the exact same footage of him jumping out of <laughs> out of a window <laughs> to escape. I, I love that, and I love – I'm looking at some of these episode titles. I danced for Hitler, Lizard Soldiers of the Third Reich, and Hitler's Golden Murder Palace. Yes, it it is it sounds awesome. It's it's completely and utterly stupid. Uh but it is actually pretty funny. Uh anyway, so the leader of that is is a guy who is basically he has a eagle mascot head, but the rest of him is a human body, and that's what I imagined whenever I I saw this read this. It's really weird that I'm thinking about all this while while talking about a very serious story in in Lost Odyssey, but um, yeah. So Seth and what was the her husband's name? Sed. No, Seth's Seth her husband. Seth, right? No, Seth's husband. Sed says the son. 
Start with an A, right? Aniara. Aniara. So Sed and Ariana had a child named Sed. And uh, they were like pirates. And uh, this goes deeper into what their what the the immortals you know mission was. Uh, still don't know what exactly it was or what these people are. If we're if we're being honest, yeah, are they just straight aliens? That's what I'm thinking. They're aliens, or they're from another plane of existence. Yeah, planeswalkers. Yeah, planeswalkers. But they take over bodies, or... They get their own body, but their body can't be destroyed. I don't know. Hopefully they explain this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... uh, Seth... um, 30 years ago, Seth uh, confronts Gungora, and Gungora apparently put some kind of a spell on her husband and he attacks their son rips off his arm and she then stabs him yep and kills him yep and now she's remembering this and Gongora convinces her no you killed him this is your fault Yep. And, and the son is pleading, don't blame Aniara, it's not his fault. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, um, that's been, that's, that's being brought up again in the next cutscene at, at the experimental staff. Because we confront Gungora, He's there. Seth is out for blood. She is ready to just, I, I am going to murder this guy even though I can't murder him. And Gungora is just goading her. Just like, yeah, yeah. Nah, you killed your son. You killed your husband. It's all you. But uh, we have a fight with Gongora. Now. This is when I start to think. Traditional RPG is this the trope of the traditional RPG where I'm supposed to lose this fight? If that's the case, should I save my healing items and magic <laughs> items because it's useless to use them here? Um, and because this, you know this feels like the end boss, but you're not at the end of the game. This is not the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, luckily, it was a uh, scripted scene. Uh, the reason why is because about the third turn, <laughs> he just wipes us out with a one single magic ability. And uh, we are all laying there like helpless, uh, knocked out, uh, potentially dead. I don't know. They, they, they didn't yeah. actually they didn't actually explain this. Uh, but we're laying there. Everybody in the party's dead or, or assumed dead. And... Tolton shows up and Tolton comes out and he's like, Oh, Gongora, who, who are these people? He is quite the doofus. He, Oh my God. And he's like, Oh, they were assassins that were trying to, trying to come and kill us, trying to stop us from, uh, from, from our rightful place in this world. And then Tolton's like, 
Yeah, but there's kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, hey, isn't that the queen? Yeah. Also, why is the queen here with them? And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. And <laughs> that's it. They 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 walk away. <laughs> oh, Tolton. Uh, but Tolton, it does show a scene where where um, Gongora is kind of, you know, he he's kind of you know celebrating his victory, and Tolton like sees him in the background is and looking at him like, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> A little just, late for that, but sure. Yeah, I'm just like, how dense can you be, dude? Like, I don't know. Anyway, this is another one of those I'm like, could we have done another retake of that? You know? Yeah. Just, just everything about it is just a little cheesy. Um, but yeah, uh, luckily, uh, the kids... Cook and Mac, they saved some of those flowers that they had used for their mother's funeral. The flowers then send out this energy aura that covers everybody. And they begin to awaken. And they're like, oh, maybe mom saved us. Brought us back. And I'm just like, gotcha. Deus Ex Machina. But uh, yeah, so we're we're back, um, uh, and well, we have to run now because on top of us being defeated by Gungora, he also set the experimental uh, staff to uh, self explode or self destruct. So uh, we have to get out of there, uh, and much like Final Fantasy VII, if you remember the beginning parts of Final Fantasy VII uh, during the Mako reactor explosion. We have a certain amount of time to get out of there, and that includes during battles. Yep, I was also going to say it reminds me of the end of Zelda. Yeah, or Zelda, yeah. Um, so we have to escape. Uh, 12 minutes, I believe, was how long we had. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So uh, during battles, it's also counting down, so I decided to flee from every battle because I didn't I didn't necessarily need the experience at this point yep yeah that's what I did too um I also equipped the ability to multiple party members uh to flee you know I think what was it called uh turn tail is the ability yep, yep. and uh the ability turn tail states allows the person to always flee from battle. That is a bold face lie. <laughs> because I I made every single party member flee, and there was at least three people with that ability equipped, and they still were unable to flee. And I don't... I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Granted didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I still had like five minutes left on the clock whenever I made it out of there. But I was just like, that's annoying. Why even equip this if I it doesn't work? 
Yeah, I know I have it, but I haven't actually used it. I guess I'm or maybe much on it. maybe I'm reading it wrong, or maybe it is worded wrong. Yeah, but maybe it just increases the odds. Maybe that's what it is. It, it should it, it shouldn't say always. If yeah, that's the certainly. Case. But anyway, so we escape, jump back on the ship. Uh, kaboom! Experimental staff is gone, and the town of Saman has been lifted from the magical energy curse that had been put upon it. So the the talking animals and cars and stuff is gone now, and people have went back to normal. Uh, so uh, we're still on 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 track to go meet with the king of Gotsa. Is it Gotsa? Yeah, that's how, that's how I've been saying it. Okay. Um, but we need to first go through the ice cavern, ice canyon, ice canyon first. Uh, luckily, um, because of the uh, magical energy lightning strike, it melted the ice caps that were in the canyons, and now we can go through it freely. Yep, and make it all the way to Goatsa. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's that's the place where we head next. But first, I did a little exploring in Saman and found um, a auction house. And this auction house allows you to purchase stuff via an auction. Stuff that you may have missed while out mm. on your travels. Where was that? Because I, I know when I got back to Samen, I did a little... I didn't find much to do, but I did find a, a kind of a tiny little side story about when we had been here earlier, He the one of the... One of the owners was hoarding gold. Yeah, I saw that too. I went and talked yep. to him and I turned him in, but I don't know yeah, what happened too. after that. Well, if, if you go back in there, the guy's like, thanks for, you know, the, the constable or whatever is standing in place of the guy who was in there. So he gives you a couple of items. Well, damn, I missed out on the items. That's okay, though. But yeah, there's an auction house where you can purchase things or bid on things. And it seems like I get outbid every time. Because I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend 2,000 gold on a healing herb. Yeah, uh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, but there are certain items like accessories that I missed. And I was like... Speaking mm. of, I was super pissed that I missed that uh, awakening bracelet in, in Salmon. Right. Turns out you can't... There is one other place you can find it. Where's that at? Uh, it's, there was a small, it's like Kent, I think it was called. Right before you get to Goza, when you leave the Ice Canyon, you have two options to go to Goza or to go to Kent. Uh-huh. And there's only one box, item box in Kent, and that one's got that Awakening bracelet in it. That's a, that is something that I am glad you told me. Because you're going to get a second one if you've already got one, right? No. I will tell you oh, in a second. Those fucking little Furbies. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. They they are thieves to the highest degree. I oh my god, I want to murder them. <laughs> they stole two different things off of me 
and I hadn't saved in a while, and I was like, I'm not going back. And one of those things was the accessory that gives you three extra slots. Luckily, I was able to give Kime, Seth, and Ming that, but I was working on Sarah, and they stole it off of Sarah. Oh, man. Yeah, those things, I I tried to shift my whole party, my whole attack pattern, just to kill those before they could steal something from me. Yeah. I was like, I don't care how much damage I take from anyone else. I just want to kill that little Furby rat thing. And uh, I never could. It had it had too high of like a priority, so that I couldn't get enough hits off. Especially if it was in the back row, I couldn't kill it before it could steal something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, if you go to Kent, there's actually one little tiny sub story in Goza that sends you back to Kent if you hadn't stopped there before you went to Goza. Okay. Hopefully, I can go back there because yeah, should be able to. Stuff goes down in Goza, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know because mm. the part. Well, we'll talk. Well, we won't talk about it, but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> um. Anyway. So yeah, the ice canyon where we ran into the dumb Furbies that steal stuff off of you. I'm very upset about that. Yeah, me too. And I don't even know if I lost anything big, but just that. That worry every time it came running at me that I could lose something big was uh, far far more damaging than any of the actual damage that was done. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I should mention that I have used my uh, skill slots. Oh, finally. Or, that my was slot, my... or my slot seeds, excuse me. Yeah. That was my one biggest question was whether you had actually done that. Yes, I did it. And, um, I mean... <sighs> It's nice to have anti-paralysis always, and nice to have anti-poison, and some of the moves, like Kaim and Seth both have the moves that they learn from Mac, like the, you know, the power hit, and the counter, and stuff like that, but other than that, like, I feel like my characters are already good. Yeah, the the only thing that I find a little strange about the way they give you these abilities, and now that you have the capability of equipping more of them they, they still of are, are of zero value it's you get so many abilities early on that only boost you if you're critical right yeah. you get at least four or five different abilities like oh you get more mp back or you you know or, or you you do more damage or you have shortened activation times all these things only happen when you're critical but I, i'm not really critical all that often in this game so it makes it look like you've got all these new abilities, but almost none of them do anything. Yeah, that's what's happened to me as well. I'm just like, it's nice having these things, but I don't see the point in a lot of these skills. Yeah. But um, anyway. So yeah, go through the Ice Canyon. Uh, nothing really remarkable to say about this place, except for, you know, there's there's a few... Little tricks you have to learn, like uh, don't fall off the ledges. You'll slide down and have to climb back up, and um, you know, don't get blown off by the 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 blizzard wind. But um, yeah, I I did end up actually spending a whole lot of time grinding here. I did as well, especially after fighting the boss. That was when I decided I'm like, all right, I know I'm going to a big city. I've got a little bit of time here. I, I probably spent, I don't know, maybe an hour just grinding. I did, but I did, my other... I did it right before the boss. 
Oh, that that's probably even better. <laughs> well, there was a save point there, and I said, okay, I was going to run around the save point and, and, and level up. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Uh, then the boss, which was a giant, like, dinosaur-looking thing. Yeah, giant magical T-Rex. Yeah. And just the physical attacks, I, this boss was not hard. Yeah, I thought it was pretty easy, if only because it's seriously damaging effects only hit one character at a time. It had some abilities that that hit more than one enemy, but those were only doing about 150 damage. And yeah. the, the big stomps were like 650 damage. Yeah. And the only dangerous thing about it was that he could bring the back row party members to the front. Yep. So, so they weren't protected. But he always went for Seth. For some reason in this game, everybody goes after Seth for me. Yeah, except, and that's what I was going to mention about this area, the the small dinosaurs, for some reason, always went after my magic users. Hmm. Which, shockingly, like, they, they would kill my magic users in, like, three hits. I don't know if it was because they were charging or because of who they were, but there's so often where you're fighting, like, the plant, the dinosaur, and the Furby. And the dinosaurs were not difficult enemies by any means, but... The fact that if there were three or four of them, all four of them would go after one one of my characters was just weird, I thought, because it would just, you know, those are my characters that can't take that kind of beating. Right. So let me ask you this. Who are your, at this point in the game, who is your main party consisting? My party has finally switched. Okay. So for, for most of the game, I had Kaiman Seth in the front row. Along with Mac as my, you know, my my intermediate guy, and then I had Cook and Jansen in the back row. Okay. And that's been my party the entire game up until, actually up until this point. Right after the boss, I grinded, and I said, you know what, Mac is annoying. I'm not going to use him anymore. <laughs> he's the Maru Maru of Lost. Yeah, Odyssey. he's the Maru Maru thought it was going to be Jansen. It's not Jansen. It's definitely Mac. No, Jansen is the best thing about this game. Yep, agreed. So I swapped out Mac and Cook because I figured while Cook is pretty good and has more life than either Sarah or Ming, I wanted... I, I made the assumption that because this is the Queen of Numara and because... These are the two characters that you get later that they were going to be better in the long run. I don't know if that was a valid assumption or not, but I, I, I wanted to ditch my earlier characters and pick up later game characters. Okay. So, yeah, subbed out Mac and Cook, subbed in Ming and Sarah, and that's it. I spent a few rounds definitely paying for that because Ming and Sarah were so underleveled and had no abilities and had no skill slots. Uh, but they're getting there. They're basically up to level now at, at this point in the game, but they don't have the breadth of capabilities that the characters that have been in the game the whole time have had. Right. So my party is Seth and Kaim in the front, Jansen, uh, Cook, and Sarah in the back. Cook and Sarah. Yep. So I guess the only yeah the only difference is I'm using Ming over Cook. Although I don't really like Ming, so I I very well might switch back to Cook. I Sarah has become a powerhouse 
Sarah, yep. Sarah and Jansen are like my two major damage dealers. Like they are amazing black mages. Yep. And I got Cook exclusively kind of like a healer slash buffer character. Yeah, and is there any? Is she better than Ming? Because that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I've got that exact same setup. I just don't know which one's better, Cook or Ming. I prefer Cook. I want to have at least one kind of healer. I have her equipped with like level one black magic, so she can still do a little bit of damage. But her priority is casting barrier, casting heals, and yep. and possibly um, making uh, Sarah or Jansen cast faster yep yeah me too and then i got you know seth and kaim in the front tanking and and doing some good physical damage but uh yeah that's that's basically my whole setup right now but <laughs> get ready because that all goes out the window um but yeah so get through the ice canyon and we make it to goza goza is a very large uh city also very strange looking it looks like yeah. it looks like there's a castle that's been turned over yeah i almost in my mind that was yeah it was a castle or it was like going to be the giant back of a turtle or something yeah and it had like shifted somehow but yeah there's definitely it, it also I just feel like technically looks cool. Like it's got a lot of like, it's got a lot of fog and like bright colored lights and, and magic, and it feels, it feels not just like an industrial city, even though they call it the magic industry city. Right. Like it's got kind of a cool vibe to it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, we uh, we enter into the city. We see a message coming over the the teleprompter i don't know or the uh jumbotron yeah and it's the king uh talking about these are uncertain times but not to worry if uh, you're strong if any of these uh countries do try to come at us we are very very strong and nobody's gonna mess with us so at this point i'm like i don't know where to go I explored this entire freaking town and do it again. And then for some odd reason, I get a cutscene. <laughs> like I, I ran by this spot previously, but the second time I did it, I ran into an old man. So Kaim runs into this old man who bumps into him and drops a coin. Kaim picks up the coin recognizes it kind of recognizes the guy Sarah does yep. as well and Sarah's like yeah I think that's who I think it is and then Kaim and Sarah excuse themselves from the party and say uh we're gonna go check on something you guys go meet with the king and they're like okay so had you done all the exploring before that part like all yes. the way down into the lower levels and everything I legit went to the room Yep. Where Kaim, beforehand. yeah, beforehand, and then came back and went back down there to it. Yeah, I was glad I had because when that guy bumps into you and you're like, oh, "Okay, we need to go find him," they don't tell you where to go, do they? No, they don't at all. There, there's a few good points in this game, in this city, 
that like emphasized that lack of direction of this game. This is one of them. And then when you get to the train station, I I just gave up after I don't know thirty minutes or just it's not it's not that big of an area and I'm just wandering around. What what do I have to do? Right. That this this one I I, I was like oh yep there was that one room where nothing was going on. I'll bet that's where I need to go. Uh, but yeah, on the train station, it's just like yeah, th- there's literally no direction here. Yeah. What do I do? So Kaim and Sarah leave the party. At this point, the party splits up yet again because, uh, well, um, Cook and Max see this train coming into the station. They really, really want to go take a look at that train and somehow convince Seth, Ming, and Jansen to let them go on their own. Yeah, somehow Jansen is the one that, like, okays it. Like, he has any authority whatsoever. He's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'd want to go see the train. Yeah, yeah, cool. Go. Have fun. And I was like, why would anyone, like, Jansen's not exactly a a fountain of good advice. No, not at all. But, yeah, so we're separated again. Then uh, Jansen, Seth, and Ming go to the palace to go talk to the king. So, let's talk about... Let's talk about Seth, Ming, and Jansen first. They go up to the guards at the palace. Guards are like, well, you can't come in here. And they're like, well, we have the queen of Numara with us right now. Are you going to say that to loyalty? Or royalty, excuse me? And of course, they don't believe them. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite lines comes from Jansen here because he, uh, he, he walks up to him and he's like, yeah, we're doing a lot of political stuff. He's like, uh, oh, are you a spy by the way? <laughs> to say it to a guard. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh, what a dumbass. Um, yeah. and but, then immediately I like his, his other line when, when she starts to prove that she's the queen, he's like, oh, oh, are you sure you should be doing that? <laughs> So she proves that she's the queen because she has a illuminating mark on her chest. Yeah, that she has part cover- of the royal lineage, I guess. Yeah, she has it covered up with a, a brooch, basically. And when she removes it, she she now glows, and they believe her, so they let her on in. So we continue up to the uh, to the throne room. And I did think there was going to be a little bit more on the way, right? You have to go through four or five little tiny levels. I mean, I guess if I knew I just had to run through them, it wouldn't have taken very long. But, you know, there's pedestrians and there's guards and there's what looks to almost have been offshoot hallways to the to the left and right. And I'm like, oh, all right, there's another part of the city to explore. And it's definitely just like a long entryway to get to the throne room. Yeah, pretty much. But... uh Make it to the throne room. See the king sitting up there on the throne. He's up on a bunch of of stairs. <laughs> Again, Jansen with a good line. He's like, "Is that the king up there? I think it looks like a a, a maid or something." Yeah. And <laughs> it's it, like, imagine if that was the king, and he heard you say that. Yeah, and then whenever he gets up to him, he's like, "I asked the butler." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yes, yeah, so, so um, the the king. Uh, wants proof that she's actually the queen of Numara. And he says that the queen 
uh, is known for being a very powerful sorceress. So if you can make it through these magical barriers, then you can prove that you're actually the, the queen. So we take over as the queen as she is going through these magical barriers. And occasionally the magical barriers will close back up. And I was like, am I doing something wrong here? Yeah, I thought so too. Because I'm like, all right, there's three barriers. I can very clearly see that. And I've cleared three barriers, but ho- somehow I've been like stung. Yeah, I pushed back and now i got to go through them again. Which I think Seth does mention, like he's toying with us or something like that. Yep. So I'm like, okay. So we finally make it up to the king. And he is scared. Yep. I also had the, the, the nightmare, like the eye roll nightmare at this point, where we were going to make it up there and he was going to be like, oh, I don't, I still don't know if you're the queen. Why don't you prove yourself by fighting my three strongest guards? Yeah. And I was like, thank God that didn't happen. I, I, I'm not opposed to the fight. I, I don't mind the battles at all in this game. But if, if it had had that kind of logic, it, it would have been off-putting there. So I'm glad they... I'm glad they went straight into what's the deal with the king. They, they, they'll do the, the Yakuza trope of like, hey, you're a badass gangster. Well, beat up my five guys and, tr- and yeah, prove it to prove me. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Run the gauntlet. But, uh, yeah, so uh, the the king is scared. He's nervous. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were going to make it through those barriers. What's going on? And um, Ming says, this is this is not the king. This is some kind of a decoy of some sort. And then we cut. And we go to Kaim and Sarah. Kaim and Sarah are now going through the low town of this city. Uh, following this man, this hooded figure. Meet him in this room. And Kaim immediately recognizes him and says, Yep, I know exactly who you are. You are the king of Goza." I like his name is Mars. Mars. And he calls him by name, Mars, and is like, yeah, it's been a long time, Kaim. And Sarah, you are looking exquisite as ever. And uh, it's revealed that uh, Kaim and Sarah met him, what did they say, 50 years earlier? Yep, 50 years ago. So I'm assuming he must be 70 now. Um, that's what I'm guessing, too, because he said he was 20 when he ran into him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Kaim and Sarah saved his life and he in turn helped them and they tried to uh, they nursed him back to health and taught him a few life lessons yeah and I, I thought this was good for how little time you spend with him to have gotten such a here's his history Here's how they know each other and how they formed a tight bond in the past. And you, I, I got a really good sense, even in just that short conversation, of all of the weight of the years and how they've changed his outlook. Because the thing that they talk about is how the, the truth matters and if you have truth and justice and righteousness and you know positive thinking on your side, you will prevail. And basically, since then, he's just become jaded and been like, yeah, it, it takes more than that. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're right. It doesn't matter if you have the truth on your side. And, you know, that's just uh, 
like a hard truism, hard life lesson, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just the fact that they, I don't know, I, I just thought it was handled well within the conversation to not have been 100% on the nose, although it was pretty obvious. But just to get that, like, yeah, he, you know, he would have loved to upheld those ideals of, of, of justice and truth. But, you know, he just knows now that it takes more than that to, to, to live and to convince people and to rule. Right. So uh, Kaim and Sarah are like, look, we need to have a meeting with you. We have the queen with us, the queen of Namara. And we we really need to have a sit-down discussion with you with the queen there's some very nefarious things going on in Ura and he's like well just so happens I'm actually meeting with the king of Ura today and uh, Tolton's there and he's like so uh, why don't we all just sit down and have a nice little chat okay sounds like a good idea was he also implying what I think he was What's that? Where he he said we want you there, or I I want you there at this meeting, because I value your opinions as immortals. You've seen a lot, therefore, you you can probably bring a balanced viewpoint to this conversation as we try to prevent war. But he says if war is unavoidable, I want you to stay out of it. To me, that kind of implied he's like I'm not going to let. Tolton escape I I would like kill him if I had to to prevent war from happening uh, I th- possibly it's, I, I don't know if I read too much into that because I to me he can't have meant I want you to stay out of the war I feel like he was saying I don't want you to stop me from doing what I need to do and given the conversation we've just had I know it's wrong to kill this man but I've also learned you have to do things that you have to do to get things done, regardless of whether it's the pillar of justice. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, shit. That's like that. That to me, I was like, oh, that's the epitome of the conversation he was just having. Yeah. You got to get you got to get dirty sometimes. And he's about to get dirty. So, uh, yeah. So we all agree to meet. Uh, They're going to have that meeting on a train now. Let's cut to Cook and Mac. Cook and Mac want to go see this train. And as Matt said, we run around the station for 30, 40 minutes trying to figure out what the hell to do. I, too. I would have swore I talked to every person in all three areas to no avail. I talked to nobody. In fact, I talked to nobody in this game unless the game makes me talk to somebody. So I was definitely up shit's creek. So I ran around this whole place waiting on a cutscene. Nothing ever happened. Finally looked at a fact and says, oh, you got to talk to this one random-ass woman uh, on one of the platforms. Great. So I run and talk to this woman, and she's telling uh, this story about the the train that goes toward the Aurora. Uh, the Aurora Borealis. Uh, with the steamed hams. Um, <laughs> if anybody if anybody knows that joke, I'm sure somebody does. Oh yes, but um, 
uh, if you if you follow the train to the aurora borealis, that the 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 aurora borealis is kind of like a bridge to the dead, which could allow the living to communicate with the dead. And these kids are so hung up on their mom. Yeah. They think it's a great idea to hijack a train and drive it to the Aurora because they really want to talk to their mom. And I'm like, okay, somebody needs to, to sit down with these kids and just have a discussion. But yeah, I, they, they may, may not have had too many pets growing up. Yeah. So they hijack a train and they take off toward the Aurora. Well, Kaim and Sarah find out about this and they're like, oh God, we got to go after our grandchildren. So we split the party again. First rule of Dungeons and Dragons. You don't (laughs) split the party, guys. But okay. So Kaim and Sarah then steal their own train and go after the kids. In the meantime, Seth, Jansen, and Ming go on to another train to meet with the kings. So we got King Mars and King Tolton. And Matt, this is where you stopped. Is that correct? Yeah, Yeah, this is right where I stopped. Okay. So a lot goes on here. Cutscenes galore. In fact, it's the most cutscenes I've seen in this game. Uh, I do. I was proud. I, I, I do, Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that that whole idea of the kings meet, the kings meeting to you know discuss whether they can prevent war between the countries. Presumably, there's going to be some backstabbing. I didn't get to this cutscene. I don't know what happens afterwards, but. It does feel like a pretty good, like like most of the game is built to this point in a way. Yeah, you know everybody's declaring war on everyone else, so you know this is this is maybe the last chance to stop it, and maybe you know maybe it's 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 some kind of mid game climax here. So I, I I don't know like where where we are. I'm actually super excited to play the next part. Yeah, you're gonna like it. I think um, th- this this whole part while it was going on I was like, oh, this is like a lands meet from Dragon Age kind yep. of thing. Yep. Um but yeah, so uh yeah, that's where we that's where we stopped. I I went past this and did a little small dungeon uh which is not really a dungeon and then stopped after that. So uh the I will say this, the party gets even more separated. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but that's that's where we can uh, we can leave off. Uh, so how did you? Go ahead. This is this is random, but as you mentioned, splitting the party. How how did you assign your slot seeds? Who did you give them to? I did them mostly even, so I didn't oh, have okay. I didn't have that many. I'd give one to Kyle, one to Seth, one to Ming, one to um, Sarah, and then do it again. But I had enough to do everybody evenly, except Sarah did not get one. Which, yep. in hindsight, I probably should have given it to Sarah, because she is way better than Ming, in my opinion. 
Yeah, me too. I did mine completely different, and it's why I'm fairly... Well, it's one of the reasons why my team of Sarah and Ming are so underleveled is because I gave every slot seed just to Kaim and Seth. Hmm. Ming and Sarah have gotten zero. I don't know if that's going to mean anything. We'll yeah, see. on the plus side, they also haven't learned any skills, so <laughs> they don't really need those slots. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where we will stop for today. I do have three emails to go through. Uh, first one comes in from Dustin. Uh, I may have to stop if if it goes into spoilers. Uh, the title of this email is, My Hands Hurt. <laughs> What's up, guys? Anyone else notice the aggressive rumbling in the controller for this game? Yes, I most certainly have. I'm sorry I haven't written in the last few shows. I meant to, and by the time Thursday comes around, I sit down for the evening and finally remember I was going to write in, then realize it's too late since you have already recorded. I have finished the game, and I have done most of the side content as well. There are about eight hidden bosses, and only six are worth doing, and you'll be able to fight those six as soon as the world opens up to you on disc four. You can also backtrack and collect all the dreams you might have missed. I enjoyed reading all of them except one called The Village Closest to Heaven. You won't have access to it uh, until disc 4. I share an annoyance of this game with Matt. He mentioned that to get certain button prompts, you need, to, you need to stand in a specific location to press a button or to move an object, and it drove me crazy. There were so many times yeah. I had to walk away from a prompt since I was so close and had to reapproach it slower so I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen many games do it as badly as this game. Oh. It's it's so bad. It's it's worse than The Witcher 3, and The Witcher 3 had a hard problem with that. Yep. Let's see here. Da -da -da. Also, when you gain access to a boat, there's hidden items in the water, and you basically have to be pixel perfect to get those prompts as well. I wish they had a larger window for all of that. One of the prompts glitched my game out. I uh, sent the video to Drew. Uh, there was a prompt for a button, and the game pulled me into the, sw on, into the switch, and I couldn't walk or, or run around it. I probably lost 30 minutes of progress since I was halfway through that dungeon. I also glitched out on one of the hidden bosses and had to start that fight all over. Oh, boy. Mm. I think the Haunted Manor and the Black Cave were the toughest parts of this game. Not that it's overly difficult, but they throw so many status effects that if you're not well prepared and equipping the right skills or rings, it's an uphill battle. I think Chad sabotaged this game in trying to be helpful. He told you guys the party splits up and at some point, and you guys are probably in the middle of that part now. But listening to yep. your previous shows, I think you're too worried about that and are doing so <laughs> much needless grinding. <laughs> you want to keep the members of your party well balanced, but you don't need to sit there until everyone is maxed and only getting one XP. I grinded uh, one level for the Griffin early on, and after that I didn't grind at all and never had to redo a boss until a couple of the hidden ones. I'll have to keep that in mind then. 
Yeah, I'll have to keep that in mind. I, I'm still just, I don't know, not interested really, but I, I do find it interesting how much I like the grinding to add the SP so that I can expand the skill capabilities. And right about when I think I need, to, I don't need to keep doing that anymore because I've basically gotten all of the good abilities I want. I get access to a new shop, buy a bunch of new items, and all of a sudden I can do it again. So I, I, I kind of go back and forth between thinking I'm done with it and I'm like, yeah, it's not really that useful. I, I, I'm not going to waste my time with this. But and then immediately five minutes later, I'm like, oh, all these new abilities that I'm getting up. I'm, this is this is the way that I can master this game and prepare for all these optional bosses and not get stuck at, at some vicious end boss. So I, I don't know. I I kind of like it and dislike it at the same time. Yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe I'm just gonna stop grinding. See yeah, how, I see may how, do a little bit it, less. Of- yeah, see if it it helps me out any. But, but I haven't gr- grinded much lately, except when I said, "Hey, Ming and Sarah are super underleveled." No, yeah, that's true. Ah, I don't know. Maybe it's just the the old school RPG player in me. Yep. I also, it's similar to what when I really liked it on the, you know, the PSP and the Vita when I was playing a lot of those RPGs. You know, probably the highest density of RPGs I ever played in my life was on the PSP. And I just, I really don't mind grinding because at certain times when that's what I want to do and I can, you know, have something on randomly in the background and be like, yeah, I'm just going to spend a couple hours. I I can turn my brain off and and veg out a little bit and just gain some levels and I've, I've made progress. Yeah. Maybe not in the rest of my life, maybe in nothing else in my life, but I made progress in this game over the last two hours. And sometimes that has has a, a bit of comfort to it. There you go. It says, I have to cut this email short, but I hope you're enjoying the game. And for the love of God, use those damn slot seeds, Drew. <laughs> I have. I promise you I have. All right. Next email comes in from Jamie. Uh, but it's titled, but when can I save? Please, for the love of God, let me save. Yeah. Hi guys. So I've discovered that my enjoyment of this game really does ebb and flow depending on how frequent the save points are. I STG. Um, I don't know what that means. I STG. I went two hours without a save point when I was making. Swear my to God. Way. I, oh, I swear to God. Oh, I swear to God, I went tw- two hours without a save point when I was making my way through the experimental staff, and I just about lost my damn mind. At least I changed the settings so the Xbox doesn't turn off after an hour. Who thought that was a good setting? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of experimental staff, it was maybe the first dungeon I haven't liked. Usually in games like this, I don't worry too much about a missed chess, but the rings and the accessories are just too damn helpful to pass up, especially when being learnable by the immortals. So I worked my way through the maze of ladders and ridiculous elevators and cranes and whatnot to get every single chest I could, cursing every time it was a seed or something else I didn't care for. Also, when I... Like... 
Also, while I like the idea of having to steal passes from the guards, why did we have to do it for every single one? That was so tiresome. That I would agree with. Then, when you were just about to get to Gongora, there is kind of a hidden ladder. Did you take that ladder down? If so, you can tell me the purpose of it. I went down and got stopped by a guard, and then it sent me right back to where I had been. So I figured, okay, this is a later escape route. But it wasn't that either. Just a random ladder with a random dude. Just wondering if I missed something or what. So I did run into that as well, but I have no idea what that was. Yep. And I was going to ask also, is there a lot of this level that was random? Because I feel like there were a lot of levers I pushed that moved cranes and boxes in ways that had absolutely no value to anything. Yeah, it was just random. Yeah, okay, because I was like, all right, this is going to matter somehow later, and then it didn't, and I was like, eh. I, I may have missed about half this level somehow. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think it's just it's just there. And there was one ladder that went down only onto a tiny, tiny platform with nothing on it yep. at all? Yep. I was like, I, I, <laughs> I'm missing so much of this game. What am I doing wrong? Anyways, fighting Gungor was a bit odd. In the beginning, I found all the boss fights to be decently hard, and now they're just boring. I haven't really had any challenges in a while. The fact that you can uh, change rings and accessories in the middle of a battle means almost every fight is manageable once you know how to hit them or how to avoid uh, getting hit. Thanks for the counter tip, by the way, Matt. I've equipped that on all my characters now, and it definitely comes in handy. Of course, now all the enemies seem to have also picked up that ability. Still... Uh, during that boss battle, when Gungor was taunting us, I thought maybe I was meant to do something else. Uh, there have been so many battles where you have to do some something sort of against the grain, like ha- save Sarah or put Mac to sleep, so I was thinking maybe I was supposed to wait him out, or maybe it was wrong to attack him, but nah, just a pretty normal fight. And then we didn't even lose our memories? I'm so confused. Wasn't that his threat the whole time? So story-wise, look at Kaim steadily coming out of his shell, and Jansen sticking it to the man. Honestly, Jansen has no real reason to be helping our heroes, but he is anyways. More reason to like the guy. But also, Kaim made a point I made last week. They really don't know if they are good guys or bad guys, except that Gungora can't stop making himself as stereotypically bad guy-ish as possible. And that was kind of nice to see Kaim talking about that and saying if they find out they are traitors, they'll have to pay for it. It is almost agonizing how little story they seem to be giving us. All they've really said is that they were from a different place and then they got these bodies when they came to this planet. They all seem to accept this pretty easily, but again, don't question why their kids are not immortal. So they did grow bodies or or receive bodies or did they like body snatch bodies they said we got these bodies or the i can't i can't remember the wording from from people who already had them yeah (laughs) are they angels who have to ask permission first to take over somebody's body (laughs) Uh, uh this bit is bugging me they've been around for a thousand years surely they can go talk to someone to find out their histories Especially Ming. There should be histories written about that thousand-year queen. 
Did she just forget her life 30 years ago and all of the people in the palace just shrugged and forgot, figured it was normal for her to suddenly have amnesia? The others I can understand. Maybe they wandered off um, or woke and had no idea where they were or what they were doing, but Ming has some explaining to do. I mean, I guess if I woke up as a queen, I might not be too bothered with how I got there, but still. I've only just made it to Goza. I am a little behind, but hopefully I can pick it up pick it up a bit. I actually don't think I have gotten any dreams except the second Seth one. Same for me. Didn't get a single dream this play session. Mm. Did you read any of the other ones from the last time? I did not. I didn't. So we got some random thoughts. <clears throat> Did I just take part in an auction with a chicken? The answer is yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> the bastard outbid me, too. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to like Tolton. I don't know why. I thought there was something there worth liking when he said, but they have children. And then he just shrugged it off to Father Gungora anyways. <laughs> I love how the is light... it because he's careless or because he's a doofus? I think it's because he's a doofus. I, I think this guy's just a complete idiot. Yeah, he's very malleable. I love how the lightning strike is what melted the ice. The talking magical cars can be explained away by the experimental staff, but the ice couldn't just be magical. It was somehow <laughs> melted with lightning. Okay. <laughs> Did I miss something in the frozen canyon? I talked with some monkeys about something humans apparently stole, but then the little bastards constantly stole from me. I found a penguin that hopped away and never found it again. I expected some kind of ending to that whole sequence. Then I just got to Goatsa and that was that. Okay, I didn't run any band of monkeys. I ran into monkeys that stole shit from me. I did run into that penguin, but never saw him again. Did you follow it to the bottom? With the penguin? Yeah. No. Because you see it, it's like up above you to the right. Yep. If you go into the cave, did you go in and actually like trigger it, activate yeah. it? Yeah, he he jumped down, but then I, I never saw him again. Yeah, I followed him all the way to the bottom. He goes all the way down every one of the possible ice slides, slow as molasses, and then waddles his way into a little cave and then turns around and faces out, and that's it. You can't interact with him anymore. Do you get anything? So the only... The only thing is you have to get something from him. Like you, if you interact with him, I think the first time you interact with him, he hops off the ledge. You have to interact with him one more time before he reaches the cave to get whatever. It's like a warm vest or something. Okay. I've already got a warm then, vest. I got a warm vest from the chest he was standing next to. Okay. Then, then it was one other thing that he had. Okay. So it was the warm vest and then he gives you one thing. And the only the only other detail there I think is that once he reaches the cave, you can no longer get it. Oh, well. That's it. I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. I tried and tried to get across to the chest in experimental staff, trying to time it so I could just jump across, and all this time, it wasn't even possible. I really need to stop obsessing about chests. Okay. Is Anira, 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 Sed's father... I'm confused. I thought the dream said he was, but then Seth was screaming at Gungora and called them 
her friends, and now I'm unsure. I thought he was the father. I thought he was too. Uh, so I guess we're, I guess we got our closest scene to the snake scene when Gongora was watching on the boat as they left the group at the experimental staff and did a full mwahahaha laugh <laughs> while Tolton looked in horror. <laughs> I belly laughed during that scene. It was just me and Gongora laughing it up. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if he lifted a pinky and asked for one million dollars. So good. I love how this game is serious one moment and then super goofy the next. We'll probably find out that it was Jansen telling the story the whole time. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) That's perfect. Hoping for some answers soon. One of my absolute, you know, because I'm outside of this, I'm on a very big X-Files kick, and one of my favorite episodes ever, I think it's called Bad Blood, where you get a story told from Mulder's perspective and then Scully's perspective. Is that the one with the vampires? Well, the the one with the one vampire. Right. The chubby vampire, and it's got Luke Wilson in there, and he's either a, you know, <laughs> he, he's either a... You know, an, an attractive country cop, or he's like a, a bumbling idiot, depending on who's telling the story. And I could just imagine that, in, in, if that was the case here, that you know Jansen runs off with all these women in the end, and he's like, "Oh yeah, of course that's what happened." That's the episode where uh, uh, he's chasing down uh, the kid from the big green. <laughs> yep, yep, that's the kid. He's, he's the vampire, and he stabs him in the heart. And then kind of found he actually wasn't a vampire, he was just wearing fake teeth. And, yep. he, and then Mulder's like, oh shit. And then before he says shit, it cuts to the X-Files logo. <laughs> yep. Oh man, that's a great episode. That That is one of my favorite episodes. And I just watched it like a week ago. But I, I love that idea that the whole story changes depending on who's telling it. Yeah. All right. Next email comes in from Chad. Uh, and it is titled Another Dimension. Okay. Beastie Boys. What'd you say? Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you were a little halfway, a little over halfway through. Uh, Depending on how much exploration you're doing or plan to do, you may be rounding third base and heading home. I was going to play a little game of truth versus fiction with you all. Uh, but decided to tame it down. However, uh, here are some ramblings to jog your thought processes. I'll be honest with you that most of this is misleading rubbish, (laughs) but there are still some elements of truth regarding what is going on in the story. You decide what makes sense. Oh, okay. I I, I think I need to do do this in a voice. I'm going to try it. You, you ready? I'm going to embarrass myself, right. but I'm going to I'm going to be channeling my Rod Serling voice. You were traveling through another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound but of mind, a journey to a wondrous land where boundaries that are of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. I can't really do his voice. <laughs> I dig it. I'm a big fan. Oh, I love uh, fucking Twilight Zone. It's amazing. It still is. 
And there's didn't the... love the new one quite as much. It's I mean, not, it's not not, not remotely as much. It's but... not good. Yeah, I it good. I... It was good enough to watch. It wasn't good enough to fangirl over. No, it was. Mm, didn't I just? I don't know. I didn't like the approach at all. Yeah, I, I didn't either. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> so enough of of Mister Sterling <laughs> here. Uh, oh man, he is talking in parables. All right, uh, to sleep perchance to dream. <laughs> Matt, it's interesting you picked up on the uh, connotation of recovered memories being referred to as dreams last week. It's funny what the mind does to you when you are in a dreamlike state. Perhaps weird meteors that float in the sky and ooze lava, Halloween towns, or conjuring giant snakes that have a person's face superimposed on it. <laughs> it's just a bad acid trip. Yeah. Time is relative. What if reality, as Kaim and his party knows it, is not real at all, or at least not the reality they were born into? Hmm. If they are interdimensional beings, yeah. I mean, time and reality could behave differently for them yeah uh philip k dick once said reality is that which when you stop believing in it doesn't go away interesting there's pl plenty of good sci-fi stories where you know you're one reality then you fall asleep and you're in a different reality and bounce back and forth between the two yeah and then you also gotta think uh what's what's reality to one person is completely fictional to the next yeah uh, da, da, da. Interestingly, he also wrote, "Do androids dream of electric sheep?" Which is what oh, he's Blade Runner. All kinds of good references yeah. here. Which is what Blade Runner was based on. Yeah. Uh, Kaim, Seth, Ming, and Sarah are in fact connected, but if they are in a dreamlike state, how are they in the same dream existence? Inception. It's the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Can you think of any type of extended sleep? that would keep them connected in a dream-like state. The evil within, anybody? Machine-induced? Hypersleep? Mm-hmm. Evil within or uh, Danganronpa 2? Goodbye, despair. Oh, so good. Yep. So good. Danganronpa 2, man. Holy crap. Are they actually space explorers pace placed in some sort of cryo-sleep with an augmented reality intended to keep their minds sharp for when they are ready to be awakened? I don't think so, but I'll take any other story that does that as well. Uh, and then, interesting how various terms in the game relate to sleep, dreams, awakening bracelet, etc. Mm, and then the last... The, the last... Well, no, no, it's not the last. Uh, Lost in Space... Space Odyssey 2001, Lost Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what about what about just the title of this game, Lost Odyssey? Uh, is are they have they always been immortals? And this whole thousand years is just one. You know, maybe they. What, what if they were space explorers and every. Every new civilization, every new encounter that they have leads to an odyssey, a thousand-year odyssey. Hmm. So you're thinking maybe they're the ones that came and created this world? 
Could be. I hadn't been thinking that. I've been thinking that they're more just like rovers, roving the galaxy, roving the universe. Hmm. Maybe, maybe annexing the memories and the thoughts and the hopes and dreams of of the planet, combining them somehow into whatever personality they take on for a thousand years, live out an odyssey, and then move on to the next one. I don't know why this one would be the lost odyssey, but... Or maybe just because they had lost their memories for the thousand years. I don't know. Yeah. What if Gongora is not immortal or man or real at all? I think the idea of him time traveling back is getting less and less likely. Yeah. Uh, especially after the next big cutscene. Uh, okay. Uh, we're getting into it here. Uh, this sounds insane. <laughs> How 9000. This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I know I've made some very poor decisions recently, but I can give you my complete assurance that my work will be back to normal. I've still got the greatest enthusiasm and confidence in the mission, and I want to help you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Stop, Dave. Stop, Dave. I'm afraid. I am afraid, Dave. What is oh, Gon- the who's who of a uh, good sci-fi reference? I mean, we're th- we're throwing everything out there now. <laughs> we're we're going. I I feel like I have just stepped into the twilight zone when the bullet hits the bone. Uh, what if Gongora is an AI construct to support Kaim and his crew while they are in an artificial reality, but becomes sentient? and realizes he only exists as long as they continue to occupy this artificial reality. Is he evil or just afraid of trying to maintain self-preservation? That sounds a little bit like, um, uh, what was it? Remember me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do any of these stick? What do you think? Well, we're not done yet. Oh, there's more. There's more. There's more. Uh, Gongora is a, an immensely powerful sorcerer, almost too powerful, but never kills them. He only tries to make them forget who they are and why they are in this world. Is Gongora the love child of Freddy Krueger and HAL 9000? <laughs> Except you can't really die from a dream and hence immortal? <laughs> that is my favorite That's it. Nightmare on Elm Street. That's it. Are you talking about Dream Warriors? Yep. Yep. You remember the one after that? Which one was that one? So Dream Warriors was three, right? Yeah, Dream Warriors was three. The fourth one had Trinity in it from The Matrix. You remember what I'm talking about? Uh, The Dream Master. It might have been that one. It's Wall the Street Four. It was the one that was recorded or filmed in 3D, and you could watch it in 3D. There are multiple scenes in that movie that are really bad because they were supposed to be showing off the 3D effects. Like, there's a part where one of them has a baseball bat and they're legit just swinging it around because it would look cool in 3D. But if you watch it (laughs) on a TV, it looks fucking dumb as shit. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, wow, they uh, didn't really future-proof this, did they? Which, I mean, who future proofs, you know, 
A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. <laughs> so. Anyway. I like to think of Gongora uh, not as Freddy Krueger, but as uh, Scary Harry, if anybody gets that reference. Uh, Gongora does seem pretty per, uh, protective of Grand Staff 1 and 2. Maybe they're, they're, they are manual releases from this world. Mm, a bit of crossover points. Could be. Can you imagine being awakened, lost in space, asleep for God knows how long because you were under the control of an AI construct only to meet your next challenge of, so what do I do now that I'm awake? That's a lot of references to the hardcore sci-fi of being basically a crew on a ship. Hmm. Did you did you ever read Hole Zero Three? Oh yes, that's a good one. That is a good one. When you wake up and everything's not what it was supposed to be. Yep, that's a good one. And also uh, a movie of a similar ilk that I really loved was Pandorum. I haven't seen that. That's you know they wake up on an empty ship and there's some scary beings on them on there with them. It's pretty good. Uh, in fact, there is actually a game that I have played recently that had the introduction a lot like this. Outriders. So hmm. Outriders starts off with almost like Mass Effect Andromeda. We're going to a different planet because our planet's messed up. And we're going to colonize this one planet. It's our only shot. We land there, and there's some bad stuff going down. Like alien uh, storms that can ruin everything. And uh, you get injured. Your character gets injured. And they throw you in cryosleep. You then wake up, and it's now 30 years later. And they have colonized this planet, and it has turned into a no-man's land. In 30 years, wow. Yeah. And I was that that intro. I haven't played much of that game, but that intro is fucking solid. I was like, oh man, like it was yeah. to a point. Like I was playing it while my wife was working, and I was playing it, and like it got to a point where she stopped working and was just watching the screen because it was that. Like I was like, no, oh, this is kind of cool. This is compelling as shit. Um, because you you just wake up and it's like go, 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 kind of thing. But it's uh, it's actually really good. Yeah, I have to check that out. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Also, I'm looking it up because I believe yes, there it is. What is the name of that movie? I thought it was called Anonymous, but I could be wrong. There is a movie. Where a bunch of people are in this warehouse, and they are all knocked out, and when they wake up, they don't remember who they are, but they realize that some people are uh, kidnappers and some people are are the kidnappees, but they don't know who's who, mm. and they're trying to figure out who it is. I can't, I thought it was anonymous. I saw that movie a long ass time ago. And that was pretty compelling. You wake up, don't know who you are, but you know that something went down here, and 
either I'm a good guy or a bad guy, and I don't know who's who. What is the name of that movie? It's going to drive me insane. It's not Anonymous, because when I look up Anonymous... Yeah, I like the sound of it. It reminds me a little bit almost of like... Not not Cube, but a, yeah, a little bit like Cube. A little bit like The Circle. A little bit like Danganronpa. Big fan of waking up next to strangers and not knowing who's who's good and who's bad. <sighs> Unknown. Five men wake up in a lockdown warehouse with no memory of who they are. They are forced to figure out who is good and who is bad to stay alive. That's what it is. Unknown. Yeah, I get that a watch. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. Didn't mind it. Anyway, that's all our emails. And thank you so much for those wonderful emails. Uh, it adds to the show every single time you guys write in, and I really do appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially those types of questions of what what's going on. Those probing questions of, you know, t- take a guess because it's it's really not clear. And if any of those are remotely what is happening, then it's definitely not clear what what's actually happening in this game. Yeah, I to be honest with you, I don't know. I still don't know what's going on after even after the big cutscene. So I didn't think it was anything that involved. I thought they were just aliens, and that that's it. They're, you know, they're either angels or aliens, and that's why they're immortal. Period. Other 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 things will happen. I didn't really expect there was going to be anything that kind of hardcore sci-fi about it. But maybe there isn't. Maybe that's all red herrings. It could be. I don't know. Um, I want to know why they came here, what their mission was. Why Gungor really, really hates them. But not enough to kill them. Yeah, but not enough to kill them. Or to try to kill them. Yeah, just wants them to forget. I guess because in a, if you are an immortal, since you can't die, forgetting everything you've ever known is your way of dying. So. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be it for us. I do appreciate everybody writing in. If you would like to write in an email, it is drew at ztgd.com. You can also tweet to us. I am at Drew Leachman. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be it for us this week. We're going to keep plowing along here. I'm hoping to get through the third disc, uh, which I think I will do. And... um for this next play session, I was gonna. I'm playing it by ear at this point. Like the t- the time I can get to play this game, I'm going to try and and do as much as I possibly can. And I am going to take up the the advice and stop grinding. I'm just gonna go through. <laughs> I'm not gonna run from any battle I get into, but I will stop deliberately getting into battles and see where that gets me. But yeah, that's gonna be it for us. Until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great week. We'll be back next week with the continuation of Lost Odyssey. Mm-hmm.